0: Welcome to the Granary Church Podcast. We're happy you could join us. For more information on the Granary Church, head to granary.org.au or follow our socials at The Grainery Church. Good to see you all. It's really fun to have everyone sitting so close. I was thinking this week, I was like, oh, I really like when people, like when you're in a conversation with people and you feel like, like when you're up here, it doesn't always feel like a conversation, right? It just sometimes it doesn't but with like Demos sitting here and like people sitting close it does so i appreciate that a lot well this week has been a really challenging week for me personally so what i'm going to be talking about tonight is very much um, what i've needed through this challenge you ever felt that way you're preparing a teaching or something and you're like oh that thing that i'm supposed to be teaching on is the thing that god's wanting to teach me the most so that's how i feel about this so Anything that I share tonight is literally something that God has said, hey, pay attention, Jake, this week. So I enjoy that. We're going to look at Matthew chapter 6, 5 through 15. Really, really cool passage about prayer. And Jesus was had just got done doing some amazing teaching. We've been going through that teaching in Matthew He was talking about the Beatitudes, which we know about. Blessed are the meek. Blessed are they that are persecuted for righteousness. He'd just gone through some, like, the preaching. Like, this is Jesus' ultimate sermon. He's just got done with that. In the Luke version of this, after all of that said, his disciples look at him. So after everything that he's possibly said about how to live the perfect good life, his disciples looked at him and said, Master, teach us to pray. Because what they'd witnessed, not just what they'd heard, what they'd witnessed was Jesus going apart from everyone and praying. And then he would come back and who knows some of the miracles Jesus did. Any examples? Like 5,000 people being fed from 12 loaves and a few fish, dead people not being dead anymore, blind people not being blind anymore, people who can't walk, walking, running, leaping. So they've seen something wild and they've heard everything that he has to say, which is amazing. But what they've seen is that when he goes away and when he spends time with his father, when he comes back, power just flows through him and the world changes. And so what they asked was, Master, teach us to pray. And this is what Jesus said. And when you pray, you must not be like the hypocrites, for they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and at the street corners that they may be seen by others your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. Heavy stuff to close with. So we're going to go back to the beginning and work through, and we'll get there eventually, which is good. So what Jesus says, his disciples have said to him, hey, teach us to pray. Whatever you do when you go away, we want that. Whatever happens when you go off into a mountain far from us and you come back, we want to know what goes on in that place. And so what Jesus is doing here is he's actually describing to them what his prayer life is like. He's saying, this is what happens when I go away. First of all, when I go away, he says, you must not be like the hypocrites, for they love to stand and pray in the synagogues, And at the street corners that they may be seen by others. Truly I say to you, they've received their reward. Jesus is saying that when he goes away, it's not about other people. Prayer and connection to the Father is not about how other people see you at all. It's actually not about looking good in front of other people. It's not about drawing the crowds. It's not about making a big splash. Prayer is actually not a public out there thing. Jesus is saying that it's something much more personal. And the reward that you receive in prayer, the implication is there's a reward if you don't pray like that. Because when you pray, go into your room and shut the door and pray to your father who sees in secret. And your father who sees in secret will reward you. See, Jesus is making a differentiation between what maybe they thought prayer was supposed to look like, and how he thought prayer was meant to operate. He was describing a very personal, close, intimate place. Now, this is a bit to us. Maybe we've all heard that the Father wants to be close to us. Who's heard that in church somewhere, that God loves you a lot and likes to be close to you, right? We kind of all hear about that. But for these guys, this was actually revolutionary. This was a big deal because... I don't want to get super wordy, but the word Jesus was using there, father, there are two words that these guys were used to using for father. So there's father, like, oh yes, that is my father. So the man who is responsible for me existing is my father. And then there's Abba, which is like daddy. So when you were a little kid and you fell and you scraped your knee and you cried out, daddy, that word is what Jesus is using in this context. In the Old Testament, that word was used twice in reference to God. Both times by David, and both times he was judged harshly for it. Because people did not believe they could be that close to God. God was too holy, God was too foreign, he was too far away, he was too big. It was all about getting the sacrifices right, getting the rules right, making sure that we're just not going to get separated and annihilated, and that's, that's absolutely not what Jesus is saying here. And he's inviting them. It's not just, oh, this is what I do, but you should do this too. When you go and pray, you should go and pray and be with Abba. That's what it's supposed to look like. That's the invitation that Jesus is bringing to the disciples right here. And that's, that's huge. That's absolutely crazy because Jesus exclusively refers to God as Abba. Every single time Jesus says Father, he's saying Abba. So in this passage that we're about to read from here on out, every time you hear the word Father, what I'd like for you to do is think Abba. Think Daddy. Think the one who keeps me safe. And when you pray, do not heap up empty phrases as the Gentiles do, for they think that they will be heard for their many words. Do not be like them, for your father knows what you need before you ask him. Because he's so good, and because he's Abba and he's so close, like when you need help from your dad, you don't need to explain a thousand reasons why he should help you right? I think sometimes when we pray and we talk to God, we're like, oh, but you should really help me because it—well, if you help me with this, then maybe I'll be able to do this better. Or please, can you help me because my life is so miserable and it hurts so bad. That's really not what we need to do. Not because we can't do that, but because Jesus is trying to describe a predetermined relationship, not based on who you are, but based on who the Father is and what he's like. And he's saying, if you come— and you shut the door, and you sit with dad, you are going to be heard, you're going to be known, and you're going to be seen without even trying. You absolutely do not have to do anything to be known. And that's amazing, it's beautiful in that place. So something that my father knows about me that you all don't know about me, some of you might know about me, is I am a mad keen Lord of the Rings fanatic. Anyone else in this room on that train? Yes. Oh, I love to see it. We'll talk afterwards. And the shirt that I'm currently wearing under this shirt is a gift that my in-laws got me, which is one of my favorite gifts of all time. And it's got a picture of, I'm not going to, yeah, it's kind of cold. No, no. All right. All right. I'll show you. Okay. So it says, can anyone read this word? Mordor. Um, Visit Mordor, Mordor Travel Bureau. I'm pretty keen on it. It's one of my favorite shirts that I've ever gotten. It's amazing. So when you go and you're alone with dad, even the dorky things about you are visible to him. Even the things that matter to you that matter not a whit to anyone else are important and valuable. And he sees them. This is what Jesus is describing. So when you're there and you've decided, you know what? This isn't about other people, and it's not about how other people see me. It's not about how I look good or how I perform. It's actually totally about being close to dad and, and sitting and being still with him. In that place, we can be totally vulnerable. And even if we're not quite ready to be, like, to say everything we need to say or to go to the deep conversations, he already knows. He already sees you. And I think that's pretty cool. And because of that, because we're alone, and because Dad sees us for everything that we are, we should pray like this Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. So that sounds a bit wordy and a bit intense, but I want to draw it back. So it's our who in heaven? Abba, our daddy. Now, heaven, here's a bit of a stumbling block, our Father in heaven. So my Abba, who's so loving and so kind, but is who knows where, heaven, I don't know where that is. So let's address that. What do you think Jesus means by heaven in this context? Does anyone know? In the spiritual realm. So the Father, your Abba, who knows the deepest and is with the deepest, most intimate part of who you are. Basically, Abba who is closer to me than anything else in the world. Hebrews believed that heaven was a gap six inches above your head. It was the spiritual realm, and that's where you connected with God. So when he's saying this, he's saying, My daddy who is close, so close, whose skin close to me, hallowed be your name. Now, that hallowed be your name can sound pretty aggressive and pretty intense as well. Who's ever seen The Incredibles? I love The Incredibles. It's probably like third on the list under Lord of the Rings. It's pretty amazing. There's a moment where Mr. Incredible, who has super strength and super powers, is super frustrated about life. I'm sure we all get there sometimes. And he picks up his car and is about to throw it. I know that we all feel that way. We just pick up our car. We're going, I'm going to chuck it. I don't know. That dog, if it doesn't shut up. <laughs> well, you get to that moment, and he gets to that moment, and there's this little kid on a tricycle blowing a bubble, and it just pops of chewing gum in his face, and he's just astounded and amazed. And he just rides off, and that's the end of that. The next day, he comes back. Mr. Incredible is walking out to his car again, and the little boy is sitting right there staring at him. And Mr. Incredible says... Well, what are you waiting for? And the little kid says... I don't- amazing, I guess. So my daddy, who is so close to me, you are so amazing. The fact that I can be close to you blows my mind. And the fact that you're with me, regardless of what I'm going through, and regardless of my failures, imperfections, and fears, that is insane. And because you're like that, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Because you're like that, I'm waiting for something amazing, I guess. I want your kingdom to come here. Because you're so good, and because I am totally safe like this, I want the person who is offending me in my life, I want them to know this about you. I want them to experience this, because God's kingdom is anywhere that someone is relating to him like this. And when we're in that place, and we look and we see brokenness, we see pain, we see fear, we see trauma left, right, and center of the world that we live in, we want his kingdom to come. Why? Because when we experience that, it's like, wow, I just want everybody to have a taste, just a little bit of what this is like. And this is what happened to Jesus, Every single time he went away to pray, this was his experience. So when the disciples said, teach us to pray, he actually doesn't give a whole list of rules. He paints a picture for what it could look like to be close to Abba. And because we have this crazy, wild knowledge that Abba is so good, our time spent on help me, help me, please is really short. It's give us this day our daily bread. Not because our needs aren't important, not because God doesn't care, and not because we don't have pain that we're experiencing in our lives, but because in that place, when we're close to Dad, and we feel safe like that, I think my needs sort of become an afterthought because I'm so happy just to be there, and I know that I can trust Him, and I know that those things that I need whether it's food or whether it's friendship, whether it's breakthrough in an area of my life, all of those things, I learn, we learn, and Jesus was in a place where he just, a mere thought, oh, you know, dad, I could really use this, was all that it took. And it really, it's just a display of trust to not feel that we need to constantly ask God for things. Now, If you are asking God for something, please do not hear me say, be quiet and stop asking, because God is very serious about you being persistent and asking for what you need. But it's getting to a place in our heart where we trust that he's going to provide for us. And forgive us our debts, as we also have forgiven our debtors. You know, when we're in that place where we're close to God and we realize we have needs, right after realizing I really need this, I think a lot of times my reflection is also I'm an awful person. Can you help me be a better person? You know, like not only do I need food, I also need to stop being such a jerk. I also need to stop being so judgmental. I also, and then the long list. Who has the list that's just like super long? If we're like praying for holiness, it's just like, oh, it never stops. And you just become crushed by the weight of your sin, and there's no way to overcome it. And you were right there in the presence of God, just trusting him, and all of a sudden you're depressed. And this is what God is wanting to do away with. He's wanting to teach us to ask for forgiveness. You know, when you go to someone that you've hurt, or that you've wronged, and you say, hey, I'm actually really sorry that I did that. Will you forgive me? It can totally change the environment. Because it takes humility to lower yourself and say, can you forgive me? Because in that place, you're waiting on their unconditional positive regard for you, and they have a chance to not give that to you, right? They could say, no, I'm not going to forgive you, and that opens you up to hurt. So asking for forgiveness is giving that person a chance to respond with vengeance or with grace. So when we realize that we're in that place before God, that he could respond with vengeance to us at any moment, giving his perfection, his beauty, and how amazing he is, it makes me a little bit quicker to want to forgive. Because I know that I don't deserve the beauty of the place that I'm sitting, right there with Abba, who's close to me and loves me. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. I think it's so fitting that after you've gone through that idea of forgiveness that you're like, wow, that was really hard. Who's ever forgiven and it just like the first time you forgave someone, it was done? Wow. I expected one. No, just kidding. Absolutely. My, okay, so vulnerable moment. Me and my dad did not get along growing up, okay? I grew up the crazy ADHD kid who could not be controlled. It didn't matter how many drugs you put me on, I was going to make a mess. Something was going to get broken. I was going to say something that I shouldn't say, often vulgar. Like there was going to be something that went wrong just about guaranteed, right? And my dad was a very just controlled, Didn't really, like, to anyone else, pretty calm, like, not a very angry person, and I just graded on him, right? And I felt like, why are you being so hard on me? Why are you being so angry towards me? Why is this, like, why are you acting so upset towards me in that place? And it was really hard. It took me, like, growing up, and obviously the older you get, teenagers who are, like, super ratty as kids turn into really rebellious teenagers, sorry, Dad. Um, that's how I got and it there was a point in my life where both my dad and I had done so many wrongs towards one another. Like we had just gone at each other so many times. It's just really not a good place to be. And it took me about seven years of intentionally praying and saying, Dad, I forgive you, Dad I forgive you, Dad, I forgive you, God help me to be forgiving, help me to be loving. But my dad passed away about four and a half years ago, and I can honestly say that when he died I didn't have any resentment towards him whatsoever. And that wasn't because of anything that I did. It was because of being with God. That's what happens when you're close to Abba. He changes your heart. And that, yeah, fine, I forgive you, turns into, oh my goodness, I love you so much. And I want the best for you. And this is what he's talking about. In that moment when we realize this is going to be hard, living this way, Living out what happens to me when I sit alone with you in the secret place is going to be hard. So please, don't lead me into temptation. Actually, what I need from you, and you know this, is to deliver me. Help me to forgive. Help me to live that way. And then Jesus repeats himself in this place of prayer, and he says, For if you forgive others their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their trespasses, neither will your father forgive your trespasses. I believe that Jesus repeating this twice means that this is, the mo- this is the key. This is the key to the time with dad being super sweet, is forgiveness. Because who's ever had a moment? All right, another confession. I think I do a lot of confessing from here. I don't know why, but it's just something that I do. When I was about nine years old, My parents got me, now this is probably a big deal to a lot of you, my parents got me the ultimate lightsaber kit for Christmas. It was phenomenal. You could make any Jedi lightsaber. You can make it any color. You can make the handle look like anything you wanted. It could be a dual handle. It could be single. It could be anything, right? It was phenomenal. Now, the problem with this amazing story is that I happened to be in like the lounge room, playing with some Star Wars action figures, and I overheard my parents in the kitchen talking about what they were going to get me for Christmas about a month before Christmas. And I heard my mom say to my dad, hey, I think I'm going to take back a couple of the smaller things that we got. Um, They called me Bubba. Um, I think I'm going to take back a couple of smaller things that I got Bubba for Christmas, and I'm going to get him the ultimate lightsaber kit. (laughs) And I heard this and I was like, <gasps> I, was, "I oh man, I was pinging. I was so excited. Oh, it was a moment, right? And then I made a noise and my mom knew that I was there. And she comes in and she asks me point blank, did you hear what I just said? What do you think I did? No? <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> I have no idea what you're talking about. And on Christmas Day, I opened the ultimate light. I've never told this story. My mom will probably listen to this, and she'll probably be upset about it. <laughs> on Christmas Day, I opened the ultimate lightsaber kit, and I'm like, wow, what a surprise. This is the best thing. I was, like, putting my best acting skills on display. Like, So essentially, when I play Jesus for Easter – my practice for that was lying. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> so in that moment, I oh man, I just pretended so hard. But you know, there was something kind of sick, even at that age about something that simple that I'd lied to my parents and that's how I'd re- like receive this gift. And it, it didn't feel quite right. Now I enjoyed the gift. I got over it eventually, but there was a, I did not feel right in that moment. When we go and we're close to dad and we have unforgiveness in our heart, when we have bitterness in our spirit, that moment will be tainted with that feeling. And we'll never ask dad to forgive us because we're hiding that moment. We're hiding that fear, that pain, whatever it is, we're not really being open. And there's a block to intimacy that's going to come in that moment. So when we talk about forgive others their sins, and your Heavenly Father will forgive you, but if you don't, He won't forgive you, it's detailing what that block between Him looks like. And where it's most likely that that block is going to come in is in your bitterness. Because if you are a bitter person who doesn't forgive others, how likely are you to ask for forgiveness? I'm going to say the chances are low, like probably around like 17% or something. There's no science behind that, but I'm just guessing (laughs) it's low, okay? There's a chance, maybe you'll have a courageous moment, but more than likely, that'll be a block between you and God. So what I want to do, I've shared a few things, and I'm sure there have been a few things that have stuck out to you. What I'm going to do now to close is I'm just going to read this prayer, and I'm just going to pray it myself, as myself, to God. And if the band wants to come up, that'd be great. And what I'd like for you to do is take a moment of quiet reflection. And then when you're ready, I would love for you to pray this prayer to God yourself. And now because the whole principle of the prayer is to not impress, I don't want you to pray it out loud. I want you to pray in your spirit, from your spirit that's so close to God and he's so close to you. Pray it to him. And then just sit and receive whatever he has for you. Because when you sit with the Father in the quiet place, there is a reward. It might just be a sense of closeness to him. He might say crazy, radical things to you about being a missionary. Some wild place in the world like Australia. I don't know what it is that he's going to say to you. But I believe that he will. So dad, who's always been with me, thank you for being so awesome and thank you for caring for me. I really want other people to know what that's like. And I wanna be bold enough to be like that to other people. There's a lot of brokenness in my life and I need your healing. Father, you know that I'm far from perfect, but I ask you to forgive me. And I ask you to teach me to forgive others. This life is not easy, and I need you to help me. And I trust that you will. Thank you for listening to our Sunday podcast. If you enjoyed it, either subscribe or follow on the podcast app that you use to keep up to date on when our next Sunday podcast gets released. Have a safe and blessed week.